if I stumbled upon Scarlet Witch in the grocery store, <laughs> I would lose it. Um, buying buying potion stuff. Yeah, you know, just buying some spices. I can totally see her buying some like Frank's Red Hot for all of her potions too. How's it going, everybody? Tony here from Kapowcast, and today we are going to be talking about the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And joining me today is my sister from across the way. And where are you at now? Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Beautiful. Uh, Pennsylvania. Always Amish sunny country. over there, I hear. Yeah. Watch out for the <laughs> night man, though. <laughs> Um, and yeah, we'll be talking about the first episode of the Falcon and Winter Soldier, which hit uh, Disney Plus this past Friday. If you haven't watched it, obviously, this is your spoiler warning. So if you haven't, go watch it, come back, and then you can you can join this talk about with us. So episode one is entitled New World Order. And when I seen the title, all I thought about was Hollywood Hulk Hogan, first and foremost. Um Initial thoughts. What did you what did you think with this first uh with this first episode? So it definitely hit my expectations. I knew they were going to use this as a chance to set the scene for what we're looking at. One, it's a new format for Marvel Universe. Uh so I knew that they were going to take some time and really kind of give us the details where it's at in the timeline, what Bucky's been doing, what Sam's been doing, and uh just get us really set up but overall I really liked it it's definitely different from WandaVision um I enjoyed how that was a little bit well started off a little lighthearted. uh spoiler warning if you haven't watched that uh gets a little dark real fast it gets, but it's very dark I like it but yeah but it's definitely a nice contrast to that too I know there were some criticisms of WandaVision that it started off too slow but this one I mean right within the first 10 minutes you've got an insane action scene. So yep. it was a nice flip and it was, it felt a little bit more like the Marvel stuff that we've seen in theaters. Right. I mean, and, it's kind of hard to, with, with these two and in, in particular, these two characters, it's going to be kind of hard not to have that action because they're both army like based characters. So if, if you don't have the action, then are they really doing what they are supposed to do? Um, exactly. So, I'm as happy I, I, to see it wasn't all story and we got some of that back into life yeah, here. Yeah. It was kind of one of those things where it almost felt like, okay, we did all this with WandaVision, so we really need to kind of give a punch right there in the in the get go, uh, because we're coming right off of it. You know, we're what, two weeks after WandaVision ended, and now we're right into the Falcon and Winter Soldier. So it's zero zero pause. We're we're go, we're gonna keep going. Um I know you you've expressed that you you're not the big comic reader, but this episode, just like the first episode of WandaVision, gives me that issue one of a new arc feel. Like it, I told, I don't remember who I was talking to, but I said this is the one thing that I really like about Marvel having their own um, shows is that it literally makes me feel like I'm reading comics again. It, it feels like it's that uh, that issue of the month where it continues on with the story arc. 
and it gives me that same feeling every Friday. I'm like, oh, yeah, Falcon Winter Soldier, time to get going again. Um, so it's it's incredibly exciting for me as a, I, I would say, former comic reader because I just, I just don't pick them up anymore. It costs too much money. Exactly, yeah. So I, yeah, full disclosure to anybody listening, I am not a huge comic reader. I am familiar with the overall storylines. I know, I know, but blasphemy, blasphemy. But here is... Uh, the, you don't know nothing. I know. Yeah, the point of view of a uh, casual <laughs> audience member, I guess you could say. Right, with a light background on the characters. Yeah. So you're not um, completely stupid to the characters. It's no, just, not at all. I. Uh, you're not like I'm who's also, the guy with the metal arm? Yeah, I'm also like if I'm curious about somebody who I haven't seen yet, uh, I pick up the Google, and I go into the Marvel Encyclopedia, and I I look up what's going on so that I'm not entirely ignorant. So I've got enough curiosity and enough passion about storylines that I look into it. So right. there, there yeah. you go. Don't come for me. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. But yeah, it's, it was definitely, like I said, it, it takes the time to set the scene for everything and to let us know where we're at. And like you said, it really does feel like a new issue one of a new arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, Here's the thing about not having read the comics, too. As we saw with WandaVision, another spoiler alert. Just go watch it. If you haven't watched it, it's been two weeks. I don't, mm. Come on. Come on. Go watch it. Times. So with that, we got a whole lot of speculation based on current and existing storylines in the comics. So none, much. None of it was right. It, they none of it was. It was the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> so good. So with all this speculation, all this fan theory, and they came in and they said, we see what you want, but you ain't going to get it. So... It, I love that they do that, and I love that they have enough creativeness in their writer team that they're like, we're going to do something new with this using the existing stuff, so it still makes sense, but it's still an exciting story, because honestly, even if I had read all the comics, I don't really want to just see that taken, copy and pasted to the screen. Exactly. That's what Um, my imagination's for. I want to see new stories. Speaking from a guy that, uh, with phase one, it obviously hit a lot of story arcs that like I loved. You know, there was the extremist uh, story arc with Iron Man 3. Um, there was um, obviously the Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War. And the fact of that, like, they pretty much just, like, took the basis of the comics and then, like, wrote their own thing with little kind of, like, uh, homages to the comic itself uh, is good because, like, I'm sitting there and I'm actually feeling like I'm watching something new. If it was a copy and paste scenario, I'm pretty sure that I would get, like, severely bored through the two and a half hours in which was Infinity War and Endgame because I'd be like, I know what's going to happen, which, you know, obviously you kind of already do if you, you know, kind of have a half a brain. You know, you didn't, unless you're me at the end of Infinity War who's just having an emotional breakdown because he just seemed like all of his heroes, like, get dusted and you're like they ain't coming back you don't know they ain't coming back crying bawling his eyes out like oh my god i can't believe this just happened everybody else is like what are you what are you freaking out about they're gonna come back you don't know that you have no idea that's gonna happen um but yeah no it's as as a comic reader i'm not one to get like up in arms about the speculation there's a lot of people that were like with wandavision they're like it's mephisto and i was like i'm pretty sure it's not mephisto because that's pretty like kind of like in depth for like a normal casual viewing scenario i think this is just about wanda and her dealing with her grief and then here's our like kind of like a in-spot villain 
that uh, is going to, you know, create the challenge to make her overcome her grief of vision and move on with, you know, her story arc, which thank God they gave Wanda some fucking story arc after like six appearances in the MCU. I was getting real tired of the, the side character stuff. And that's a, I was, before we get rolling into this, that's another like beautiful thing about these series so far is like, they're taking these like second, second base characters that always played like a sidekick or um, something of that nature. And they're elaborating on them. Like, Oh my God. Like the factor that they're going to be going more in depth with Sam and more in depth with Bucky is just like, got my heart filled to like the brim and is about to burst because I'm, these are two characters that like I personally enjoy in the comics. So to see them, bring it to life on, I guess we'll say the new silver screen um, is, is if it's like a fangasm for me. Like, I'm just like, yes, like I can't wait to learn more about Bucky. And they did not disappoint because this one really picked away that scab and showed you what Bucky is dealing with currently. All right. So let's to get this rolling. We are going to do this a little bit different. We are not going to like just read you in story form as to what happened. In the episode, we have sat down and after hours of deliberation, we have picked the top five moments, which we think hold the most gravity in the episode. If you think any different, let us know down in the comments below if we missed something or if you were like, no, you're wrong. Go ahead. Voice it. This is this is the beautiful thing about the Internet. You can say how we were wrong and you were right and I can choose to ignore you. So anyways, with no particular order other than the timestamp of the episode is how we're going to do this. So the number one moment is the Falcon air fight at the very, very beginning, which holy crap, you're like five minutes in. You think you're going to have this slow kind of paced walk. And all of a sudden we just have this arsenal of like high gravity air fighting and acrobatic crap that's going on that you're just like okay i thought i thought we were just gonna like pedal into this but holy jesus um which was good you got you got some more red wing i don't know how, how you feel about red wing but i'm loving red wing it's delightful i am sorry to my neighbors because the first <laughs> time i watched the episode i was yelling during this scene out of excitement <laughs> i loved it so much and like in contrast i'm gonna keep going back to wandavision because it was agatha all along in my heart <laughs> so i'm gonna forever go back but it was so nice to have an action scene i know one of the biggest criticisms was that wandavision started off too slow and yeah. this totally flipped the script on that and gave us something literally explosive um and it oh my god it was so good just delightful and I thinking about the budget of the episode breakdowns because what is it they were 25 million a, uh, an episode is what they it were was something these. insane like yeah so it was, was like, like movie a... movie level budget and I was like wow like we're pulling out all stops here are we yeah so I was like all right here's the first 10 million of the episode within 10 minutes starting here we go <laughs> um so it was oh goodness and to see Red Wing come back I personally love Red Wing I know it's controversial People aren't a big fan all the time, but it's just so fun. Like you get a little sidekick. It's I don't know how you can not be a fan of Red Wing, um, mostly because like who doesn't like little droid beeps and bloops? 
exactly. If you like BB-8, but you don't like Red Wing, yeah, you're wrong. That's exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, also, very very pumped that we've seen the return of the Leaper, which was fantastic because like a, a guilty thing Marvel has is they always seem to kill their villains. And it's just like it's one of those things like, oh man, when when in Winter Soldier, when we see Cap take on the Leaper and he neutralizes him, he doesn't kill him, and then obviously he gets away. Um, I go, Yes, finally, we have a villain that's like not dead. This is great. Um, and then when he showed up at the beginning of Falcon and Winter Soldier, I was like, Oh, thank you. Now there is some question because you kind of see him. Uh, at the end of the battle, leap out, and then his little radar thing on the screen disappears. And I was like, he ain't dead. No. He ain't no, dead. No, never is. He, like, he like took it off and, like, slapped it to the helicopter. <laughs> he, There's he did something. something. He's, he's coming he's, back. He eluded us for a minute. He's going to elude us for another minute. It's episode one. I have faith that they're going to bring it full circle and we're going to see him again. But I, I kind of hope that like you don't see him in the series. Like I just kind of hope that like he's one of those characters that just like randomly shows up as an inconvenience <laughs> because that's essentially what he is in the comics is just a giant fucking inconvenience. Um, but also we get introduced in, in the midst of this scene, in the midst of this action packed scene, um, Sam's new army buddy who is, uh, I think it's Tauros. I, I think, think that so. was his name. I think so. Big um, appreciation for this guy. Um, don't know context of comics, but in the series itself, uh, I like that he is just, you know, Falcon's biggest fan. It's right? Real cute. I like it. <laughs> yeah, he plays. He kind of plays that like uh, Gaga fan. Like, oh my god, I'm like working with an adventure. This is the greatest thing in the world. Um, and I did. I, I like that element, the factor that you, you kind of see how these guys are kind of like rock stars to normal people or average people. You know, that it's almost like every Avenger now is a Tony Stark. Like, they're just like, oh, man, it's the Falcon. Or, oh, man, it's, you know, it's it's a war machine. Or, you know, so on and so forth. It's, it's, it's a really cool aspect that, like, I don't think they've ever really kind of, like, hit home with. I think maybe they may have, like, sprinkled some here and there, but... It, I'm I'm liking that. Like I'm, that's exactly how I would act if like I came across like Bruce Banner or something like getting a taco. That's exactly right. Um, if I stumbled upon Scarlet Witch in the grocery store, <laughs> I would lose it. Um, buying buying potion stuff. Yeah, you know, just buying some spices. I can totally see her buying some like Frank's Red Hot for all of her potions too. Um, That's right, yeah, she's a little spicy. We also find out there is uh, a new terrorist organization, I guess you'd call them, called the Flag Smashers, which is kind of like a, I I was like, that's the name? That's what you're going to call subtle. yourself? Real subtle. <laughs> who, who one of their goals is uh, to have United Nations without borders. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just... Flag smashing some flags and destroying national identities left and right to have yeah. one cohesive, peaceful Pangea. No, that's, what mm. what uh, what I was saying earlier is uh, anything Captain America based in the MCU seems to really kind of like really touch home on political views, which is obvious. Oh, yes. Like it's it's pretty much like it goes hand in hand with Captain America. 
Um, so this one is going to be like really crazy, especially like with all the crap that's been going on the past like couple of years and stuff. Like, I don't, I don't even know what they're planning to pull off, but like, it's going to be, it's, I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to be like conspiracy theory in it up. Like after, <laughs> after, uh, what was that? Winter Soldier walking out of that theater. I was like the whole government's Hydra. That's it's the exactly, only thing yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> it's infiltrated. Everyone's corrupt. I mean, even going back to, um, the fight scene, the you can't fly in Libyan airspace. Yeah. Um, yep. That whole thing. And it ties into today. But yeah, you know, like just buckle up. We're going to talk about some American imperialism, y'all. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I know I'm not supposed to be over here, but I'm not, not going to just let this thing go. I really hate it nowadays um, when there's things like scenes and stuff that show aircraft working <laughs> because there's always things that like pop into my head that I just kind of go. No, that's no. not how that works. It's, yeah, <laughs> I get I get self righteous at that kind of stuff. Like I got really mad with the ending of like um, Homecoming when Spidey's on that big aircraft and he's pulling up the flap, and I'm like, that's no, 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 no. That's not how that does that. Yeah. Um, but the this one was actually pretty good. I, there was only one little thing that like kind of caught caught it, and it's not even really like a certainty. It's just one of those things like, oh, well, normally when you see that light, that means this and not this. But it was enough for me to just kind of write it off and move on, which thank God, because like I I hate that I get hung up on that stuff. I really do. Um, So thank God for that. But you you do see like when they're kind of like in the nose, we're down that you see all the the right things doing the right thing, like the right readings. And I'm like, somebody did their research. Yeah, all the uh, aviation mechanics out there will be happy with this. One. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure there's guys that are smarter than me that probably notice something that they can complain about. And okay, whatever. Um, but moving on, unless there's anything else you want to add to this air air fight, I don't. Any think last so. thoughts? Uh, if no? you need to rewind it and just rewatch it again, maybe oh. just keep it on a loop. You know, wake yourself up in the morning, put that on, really just get pumped for your day. That's Better the kind of vibes of you're getting. I Truly. will say, um, the I call them, I like to call them the flying squirrel suits. Yeah, the wing suits. Yeah, those things are always super cool. Like I'm always like, man, that's so awesome. You'll never catch me doing it though, because no. it's pretty much like a death wish. Like, I mean, just the flight through the, um, not a canyon, whatever it's called with the rock walls. I mean, I would have called f- it a canyon. Like, Ooh, yeah, buddy. Uh, yeah. And, th- and then they're like flipping over and like shooting at them stuff. I'm like, nah, nah, I don't know what kind of like organization you guys run where people have to know how to do this, but like, that's nuts. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm good. You can catch me not doing that ever in my life. <laughs> good good with that all right our number two moment of the episode is sam's speech at cap's uh memorial um which right off the get when i heard his tone anthony mackie my boy just like pulling out the emotion um being that like kind of like strong soldier you know strong man kind of uh aspect but you can hear like how broken up he is that cap's gone um, and just hearing him like deliver this, this, uh, this speech, I'm not going to lie. I got that little tingling in your nose when you start to, you know, about to cry. You're like, I'm not going to cry. Yeah. It's, I'm al- not, it's I'm allergies. Fine. I'm I wasn't, fine. It was 
I was playing in the attic all day. I got dust in there. Yeah. It's, we weren't crying. We weren't. mm -mm. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with a grown man crying over another grown man. It was raining inside. Okay. (laughs) I wasn't crying. It was raining inside. Uh, Did you know, side note, did you know that Anthony Mackie went to Juilliard? I did. I did know that fact. Yeah. He is an actually uh, acclaimed, like taught actor. Like he, he has volume. Which is great because, like, Anthony Mackie has quickly become probably one of my favorite actors with just his his antics and stuff of that nature. Yeah, he's got the uh, he's got the range, that's for sure. And this, oh yeah, definitely you go, showcases you go from, it. You go from things like this, and then you go back a few years and you watch Eight Mile, where he plays Papa Doc. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's just like a he's just a straight like street level gangster that looks like he might shoot you if you embarrass them in this in this rap battle yeah it's got the it's got the full range there so anything he, you want you got it he's got other things too but those are the two like those are like the two that stick out in my mind is eight mile and now the mcu like it's the yeah. two pinnacles of his career in my opinion um but yeah so sam at the end of this ends up hand, handing over the shield to the government which we all, I think we all can say is always a bad idea when you relinquish anything that has high value to the government. Yeah, going um, back to your conspiracy theories, uh, exactly. as soon as you did it, I said, <laughs> don't trust the government, yep. Sam. I, I mean, that was kind of the thing. And then it, I don't know if it was just us or um, did you kind of get this hint when he's actually physically handing over the shield to whoever that Ron uh, white looking guy was um that it was more of kind of like a almost somebody talked him in to relinquishing the shield like he didn't fully want to relinquish it but it was kind of like hey this is for the better this was a good good choice yeah you could definitely sense some hesitation in it and i was trying to decide if it was a hesitation due to him being so torn up about Steve and wanting to hold on to something that was Steve's that, you know, was such a large part of his identity and something that he spent so much time with. Um, And if it was that, or if it was just, you know, a deep hesitation to trust the government, because with the Avengers previously, I mean, the government has gone against them several times so it's like, what what's going to be different about this? Like, why should I trust the situation now? Right. Um, obviously, oh, obviously, real quick yeah. to interject. Um, it seems like Sam's working alongside the government now, which I would assume that means he signed in on the uh, Sokovia Accords, which I'm assuming is still in effect. Like, I don't, they never really kind of voiced that. They've kind of like put it out there a couple times that, yeah, like the Sokovia Accords are still here. But since Endgame, we really haven't heard any dropping of, like, those accords. But I'm assuming that they're still in effect. Yeah. And then going back to WandaVision and the setup with S.W.O.R.D., I'm sure that there were probably new agreements drawn with that. Uh, We saw a little bit of it with Rambo coming back in, um, being grounded after she came back from the blip. So... Right. I think that there's a little bit of that in there because, of course, Sam references it several times of, you know, being gone for five years. Right. Um, So I'm wondering if that puts a little bit of a cap on what he can do. Uh, He seems in his interactions with that. I know he's basically like a contract worker for the Air Force, but um, it even it still seems like they've got some leashes on him still, some Mm -hmm. 
some ties that they don't give him full freedom to do whatever he wants. Yep, for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's we'll see if those come back around or if we get some further explanation into the whole sword situation and the blip agreement, as we're going to call it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's safe to say we're calling this the blip. There was another name floating around out there that escapes my memory now, but I think it's, I think the blip is what we're calling yeah, the I five mean, there's, year jump. If you watch, which I watched this episode three times because I have no <laughs> life, um, but <laughs> if you watch the end titles, um, I always watch them super close now because there were a few little Easter eggs that hinted to some stuff in WandaVision, so now I pay attention to them. Hmm. Um, they're there are some newspaper clippings on there with headlines that reference it as the blip. So I'm going to, going to go with it because it's Con- we'll concrete that in. You heard her here first. It is now officially the blip. There's no other name for it. It's um, in writing. I don't, know, I don't know if like a high schooler from Peter's school actually came up with that or not, but it sounds like a high schooler tag for sure. Um, Probably later on after, um, Sam's done with his speech. We he ends up meeting up with another one of my favorite side characters, Rhodey, which ends up he he ends up asking him about um hey why didn't you take up the mantle? And he's he's he expresses obviously that you know the same thing that we've heard a thousand times that he didn't feel like it was needed to be taken up like that was Steve's job. Yeah, going and back nobody to the- can, nobody can fill that gap. Yeah, going back to the beginning of the episode, um, it recaps the conversation that he had with Steve um, back in Endgame where he said, you know, Steve handed over the shield and he said, you know, it feels like it belongs to somebody else. Yeah. Um, And so they they bring it back uh, and call back to the beginning of the episode as well and let you know that Sam's not about stealing someone else's identity and not about Mm -hmm. filling somebody's shoes. He's going to be his own person. So I think that's uh, that's pretty strongly laid out there we'll Mm -hmm. see as i know in the trailer there's a little bit of uh him reuniting with that shield so we'll see how that goes but yeah it's who it's rough because anytime i see the shield now i'm just like oh oh it's it's a tearjerker like i'm just like grandpa i know yeah (laughs) um that i think this is going to be like an evolutionary thing like i think sam is going to be very reluctant right now but he's going to kind of grow and he's going to see how like things get handled now that he's relinquished the shield that he's going to be, he's going to be one of those characters that like, and you can kind of see it through this episode with other aspects that he's dealing with right now. He's going to be that character that takes the mantle in order to um, basically keep the spirit of Captain America alive. So like he's, he's going to take it up as the Falcon, but he's going to live by the code that Steven placed in, in that, uh, in that character exactly and i think that steve knew that when he kind of handed the shield over right um in the the depths of their being i think they come from the same stuff um they both got a strong sense of duty a very strong sense of like what's right and what's wrong and so i think that yeah we're gonna see that a little bit more and even i mean skipping ahead now but at the end of the episode when he's watching the press release um and the announcement oh. at the end. Uh, he, he looks so mad. So mad. <laughs> so, so mad. So mad, think, but so collected at the exact same time, which is frightening. Like, it, Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's like the, the fatherly disappointment. It's yeah, the, yeah. The side you, of like that, you, it's, 
you knew you knew he's going to do something. So you, you see it happen. You go, ooh, ooh, he's uh, I fucked up. Uh, nope, I fucked up. Yeah, he's um, going to get that shield. He's not done yet. There's also one other thing that Rhodey says to uh, Sam when they're talking is that uh, he kind of goes on this elaboration of like, you know, times of, you know, change, you know, enemies are allies now and allies are, you know, former allies are enemies. You know, it's, it's weird times. Nobody knows what's happening. No one knows what's going on. You know, we're just kind of all trying to find our grasp on these new times. And I'm just like, wow, like I didn't even like think of that. Like just, throwing it off the cuff here like you have nebula who worked alongside the avengers from like the moment of the ending of infinity war through endgame and now is i'm assuming part of the guardians of the galaxy like as a permanent hero type deal um and she was one that at the beginning of the mcu and all this like she was trying to kill the guardians of the galaxy she was all about like you know she was like thanos number one fan kind of thing always wanted to you know make daddy proud and kind of that all that jazz so like it's it's an this and this isn't the first time this has happened like this this episode alone made me think about a thousand different things that like i haven't even like remotely for a split second thought about so the factor that roadie was there to kind of throw those little little quips of knowledge and little quips of information that like just kind of make you think like wow yeah He's right. I never really thought about that before. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's And going back to what I'm going to call the sword agreement, um, I'm wondering if this is Rhodey kind of cautioning him against what the government and what sword is looking at and trying to decide the people who came back from the blip, you know, what were they doing? Are they all still on our side? Is it anything changed from then right uh, and so once again going back to the don't trust the government i wonder if this is roadie being like a hey you know well that's the thing out. right is like in in game we kind of seen roadie uh switch hit he hangs up on ross and basically just it essentially gave him like a big middle finger like hey screw your cords this isn't working i'm gonna go with these guys and we're gonna go stop this thing so yeah that's so right. like, it's it's a weird aspect because Rhodey's always you know by the book by the system he's that guy uh and he's he's a great counterbalance to tony stark uh who was the just total polar opposite of that so uh to see him do that you it's one of those like kind of internal things like you see that character do that and you go okay yeah this this is bad like this isn't working if like the by the book man is like nah i'm done with this i'm i'm partially crippled because of this stupid thing and now i have to deal with it which he he was looking good he looked like he was walking just fine now yeah Thank god you know, because some good physical therapy that uh he has the military health care is taking care of him oh so, no i know. don't i don't think the military health care <laughs> no that's stark health care that's, that's true that's, yeah that's, that's primo health care that's the old stark connection yeah yes the stark connections which we we hear his name dropped a lot also side note there a lot yeah it's yeah i was kind I was of just, surprised we'll see me too um and then i kind of thought about it like how much of a pivotal character he was in everything that was the avengers like he he um supplied all the tech he did this he 
you know, his money kind of did that and all this other stuff. So like he essentially is the foundation of the Avengers, whether you like it or not, because he had the, the resources to do so, you know, and cap, I always say cap was more of the heart of the Avengers. Um, a lot of people disagree with me, obviously, but if you look at it and you look at it reasonably, Stark is the foundation cap was the heart. So you can say what you want, but, True. Yeah. He, I mean, he even came up in WandaVision. Uh, and I think there's going to be, I was going back to your uh, social commentary bit of MCU and Captain America. I think they're going to tie that in. There's a lot of exploration of Stark Industries' effect on Scarlet Witch uh, and her character development. So I think that there might be a little bit of that going on here as well. Uh, just exploring this, the military ties that they still have uh, right. and seeing. How he ties in not just himself as a person with these personal characters, but also kind of in his role of developing the world as it is now, even though he is gone. Spoiler yeah. alert, it's been a while, but <laughs> come on, guys. That's not even a counting of it as a spoiler anymore. Yeah, no. If you haven't seen that, you're not even trying at this point. So Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, so you I get think no that, passes. No, not not anymore. So I think that this might also be kind of setting up a little bit of that commentary about, you know, Stark Industries and their effect on how they supported the world coming to the point that it's at and right. the direction that it's going. So mm-hmm. interesting to see that. Okay. Moving on to moment number three and possibly one of my favorite moments of the whole episode is Bucky's therapy session. Uh, It was my favorite for multiple reasons. Uh, You got a lot of depth of where this character is um, within like maybe, what, 10 minutes, the scene tops. Uh, I loved his snarky attitude that we haven't seen since like Captain America First Avenger. Like he kind of got a little bit in Civil War, but like to see it very prominent, but in a different manner. Like he's less joking around and more like I'm covering this massive amount of pain that I'm trying to cope with silently by myself. Um, what did you think of this of this scene? I loved it. Like you said, it's a very easy way to get a quick snapshot of where he's at. But I also think that it drives kind of bringing back to his character the humanity of him because we majority of the time that we've seen him in the MCU Bucky has been taken over by Hydra he's been against the team he's been you know basically turned into this robot who can't think for himself who's like on a killing like we haven't seen Bucky Barnes in a while I was re-watching right. uh, the, the Captain America and just got so happy seeing Bucky Barnes as a human being again. Uh, and I was mm-hmm. very happy to see that again in this episode and to hear, you know, all the stuff that he's gone through and the way that he's handling it, which not in the most healthy of manners, uh, no. of course, but <laughs> uh, I mean, he's gone through a lot, so I don't blame him. But just that self-deprecating humor that really, I think a lot of people can relate to. I know. Oh, yeah. I definitely... You know, if I'm uncomfortable in a situation or, you know, we're revisiting some trauma, bring out the self-deprecating humor. I'm here for it. So sarcasm all through and through left and right. Sassafras Bucky all day, every day. (laughs) And uh, he said he said something 
I can't remember the correct term, uh, the correct terms, but he said something about, you know, uh, he had a one moment of peace in Wakanda. Um, other than that, he's been going from fight to fight for the last 90 years. And I'm like, Whoa, like you are totally right. You went from literally fight to fight to fight to fight. You had no break in there. Like starting right from when you got your, your, uh, your, your, your enlistment ordeal and you went off to fight Hydra and Germany, I guess, but mostly Hydra, um, to the point where we, we now are like, you have not had a moment's rest. And like, that made me feel so bad for him. Like at least Steve got like a 70 year nap. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Bucky, Bucky was brainwashed and told to go, uh, you know, assassinate a bunch of people, which by the way, backtrack a little bit before we kick in to Bucky's therapy session, we see a flashback, which we don't know is a flashback at that current moment in time. Like it doesn't give you any prompt, no nothing. You just see this metal hand come through a wall and grab a bodyguard and then, uh, let the assassination ensue, which is the, obviously it's a winter soldier. If I have to spell that out. Um, and he takes out this guy. There's no context in this whole scene, by the way, which was really weird. I was like, where's the context? And then this innocent bystander who's just trying to get back to his room because he's got a big day tomorrow in, in the office, um, sees it all go down and winter soldier walks up to him point blank, boom, and takes him out. No context to this whole scene. You're just like, okay. Yeah, we we know you were you did bad things. Big deal. Um then after we kind of we 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 get a little bit more of a glimpse into where Bucky is in a social standpoint. You know, we we get, we learn that he's not very social in general, but we see he's back in Brooklyn, back in his uh his home, his familiarity area and uh see him walk up into an alleyway which that alleyway looks really familiar i don't know if it's the same one but i was like is this the same alleyway that he helped steve out in the beginning that's what um, my immediate and, thought was too when i saw it and we are introduced to essentially bucky's new friend slash wingman um i can't i, I forget his name now it's, um nori is it that, nori? i think it's his first name but a lot everybody calls him like Mr. Taganashi or something like that. I can't remember if that was it or not. Um, and we think like, if you're me, my first initial thought is, Oh man, he's, he's hanging out with somebody his own age. Like that's, that's awesome that he can have that. You know, um, I was so wrong. <laughs> yeah. We see that we, we get the context of that flashback and, uh, the real reason yeah. that Bucky's hanging out with this adorable old man. Yeah, which 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 sucks because you get so so much like great um great kind of like story there where he he goes and he goes out to lunch with this this guy and they're talking back and forth having a conversation which seems like relatively normal and healthy and you're like good like I'm glad you found at least a little something in this crazy mad world that you have to get back into um and then I call him his wingman because this guy hooks Bucky up with the bar bartender. I'm assuming she's a bartender um, at the place they're at and gets him a date. And I'm just like looking out. Good, good, good looking out, sir. 
Yeah, um, that's right. Bucky takes the slow approach because clearly he's not going to die anytime soon. So this old man's like, listen. Bucky was never got, the slow approach guy, though. No. Like, he was always the guy like. He's damaged goods at this point. I mean, look, go back to that therapy session. He's like, listen, I want anybody inside this brain. Yep. I, nope. Mm-mm. Yeah. I love, I love so, how. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, and then. Obviously, this has to be said kind of to give context to where we're going. Uh, Bucky has a new mission. And his new mission is to become um, become okay with his past. To make amends make with amends. All, the ba- all the bad stuff that he did in the past, I don't know, 70 plus years. Which I'm assuming is a lot. <laughs> yeah, based so, on that flashback, I feel like it's a ton of series of just killing people. Oh, I'm sure. I'm and, sure. Uh, yeah, as we find out in uh, that whole amendment scene, that uh, he's setting up some political schemes as well. So yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. He was working for Hydra, and then he was working for some Russian outlet, and so I'm sure like he just was setting things up left and right for both of those uh, organizations. Um, but yeah. Once again, going back to the whole government conspiracy thing where he's like, oh, I implemented you into power. And now that Hydra is dismantled, uh, you are still doing terrible things. But here you go. You're arrested. <laughs> yeah. You know, going back to the whole Zemo thing, uh, you know, if you destroy something, if something's destroyed from an exterior enemy, you can rebuild it. But if right. you destroy it from the inside... That's it. It's gone forever. So yeah, I just recently watched Civil War, and I did not give Zemo enough credit. Like he is the only one other than Thanos that has like actually won the battle, won the feat that he set out to do. And I was like, I did not give this character enough credit when I seen this movie, and this was amazing. Like I kind of like really sat back and watched Zemo's storyline and stopped giving a crap about like what was happening with the Avengers. And I'm like, man, this dude is just meticulous in his planning. Like it was flawless. Yeah. And he's got this like insidious psychology about him that just, I mean, we're still seeing residuals of it, right? Yeah. People in government still and all these different characters that are like still trying to infiltrate things and trying to destroy the Avengers and destroy just this, I guess, sense of unity that everybody has, whether mm-hmm. it's false or not. But yeah, Zemo all the way. <laughs> I'm excited to to see more of him, hopefully. Yeah, fingers um, crossed. I mean, the the Legends, the Marvel Legends little recap series they did brings him back up. So, Oh, I didn't you know. I know if I even watched that. Have you one watched yet. it? Yeah. So it's like seven or eight minute little clips, and basically it goes through the MCU and brings up every time this character came in and gives you some pivotal points in their story. I and watched then at the Wanda end, and Visions, but I, I don't yeah, think I so watched Falcon last and night Soldier. in prepping and trying to stay up till three a.m. to watch the premiere, which was not successful. I'm too old. Um, <laughs> I re I rewatched uh, Falcons and Winter Soldiers, and then Zemo's. And uh, yeah, Zemo. It sounds like maybe we'll get maybe we'll get a little something with Zemo because they flash the watch the Falcon and Winter Soldier at the end of it. So here's hoping, man. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe. So yeah, to go go on back on with what is happening with Bucky. 
a little old man, best friend, wingman, has this kind of like moment where he, I don't know, he sees some sort of food. I'm not sure what it was. Mochi. Delicious little mochi? mochi. Yeah. I don't know what, do you know what that is? I don't know he what says, it is. Yeah. So it is a, uh, it's a dessert. Oh. So it's like rice flour and then it's got ice cream in the middle. And he says, my son loved the red bean mochi. Yeah. And I, I cried again. It started raining in my apartment again. <laughs> and then I don't know about you, but when he says that and the look on Bucky's face, I go, oh, oh, no. <sighs> it brings it back. And we oh, understand no. why we saw that little clip and uh, broke my heart all over. I again. know. And later uh, he goes on the date with the bartender, uh, which is cut short by his guilt. And it looks like he's going to confess and basically hit step three of his therapist's uh, little three-step process. Um, and you see, like, the father still has the shrine to the to his son, and uh, Bucky kind of chickens out, and it shows his little notebook that has, like, his list of, you know, basically people that he has to make amends with, and he's number one. Like, I was like, whoa, like, this guy was number one? in your list of probably multiple dozens of people that you have to make amends with to, you know, get over your past. But I wonder if he's number one, because this was maybe one of his first kills and one of the only innocent bystanders that were killed. Maybe. So maybe that's it because he wasn't directly involved with his mission or anything. And maybe it was. It's true. Purely, he was. Yeah. But like purely a violent kill and not, part of a mission and so that's why he has such heavy guilt about it looking at it in a uh in a different light i don't think it was a cold blood kill i think it was more of a loose end tie-up because you're dealing with a spy mentality and this guy literally literally just witnessed somebody who should be dead kill like a half a dozen guys in a matter of seconds so in order to keep the secret the winter soldier would obviously have to tie the loose ends up. And sadly that witness was the loose end, but that is true. Yeah. Real sad, real sad, real fast. All right. So moving on to the two top, the top four, if we're keeping track, right? Four, um, which was Switzerland. Um, had no idea. What was about to happen here when we first opened it up? You, you get the title that says Switzerland. You see our, our new friend Taurus, who is supposed to be investigating or following the Flag Smashers. And we see him kind of come up to a group of people. He's following some sort of GPS coordinates on his phone. And you're just like, you know, what's about to happen? And they pull out these masks out of a bag. And I'm like, oh, they're about to do a flash mob. That's like, exactly that's, what I thought. That's I exactly like, I what I was thought. I was thinking. So as he walked uh, up, then, I was like, okay, he's just playing Pokemon Go, hanging out with his friends, <laughs> going to do yep. a little flash mom. It's going to be cool. It's going to be real chill. But no, yep. no. It's, it's just, it's, real crazy. it's a normal Saturday night for a young 20 something. That's um, right. And yeah, so then he gets this message from apparently they have their own app, um, which I'm assuming that was some sort of Swedish for run. Or something. I don't. I don't. I didn't. I didn't have a chance to Google what exactly it said. But then you hear crashing. Two bags fall out of a window. Big old duffel bags that look like they would be used in some type of robbery. And a masked dude 
basically do a half put superhero landing between the bags and you're like okay this feels like something big um and then something it, it this craziness almost ensues where he's walking away with the two bags while you know officers are coming to obviously stop whatever's happening he holds out his arms two other people run past him take the bags um and then this masked being sees one of the people in the group getting beat up on by a police officer and he decides to just you know straight up punt the police officer which sends him flying and that's that was the moment i go oh no like is this zemo like did zemo like take like some sort of like i don't know super soldier serum or something that he found in that little you know final battle area in civil war like what is this uh later upon a second viewing i decided no this is not zemo like this is not baron zemo doing his his thing i think this is like baron zemo's like little henchmen doing what needs to be done for him uh because it it just it nothing about it felt like baron zemo but we do find out this dude is super powered in some way shape or form whether it's like Cree blood or uh super soldier serum or whatever it might be uh our new friend Taurus gets his ass handed to him and just like a matter of seconds like you see the raw power that this guy has and the capability that he he's able to take out like a trained uh army personnel who obviously has some moves too because he takes down that cop really really fast um, and see him get taken out in a matter of just like three seconds and shoot like that's scary. Like, is this another winter soldier type that we will see happen to go head to head with our heroes? Maybe that's what I was thinking is, is this going to be one of the first matchups for our boy Bucky? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's real scary and watching <laughs> i mean my initial thought was taurus must be a rookie because he shows up and he's got so much hesitation pulls his weapon out and is like i'm gonna shoot you and this guy's just like i don't give a shit about guns <laughs> dude and just curb stomps his face real fast so right yeah i think this guy's gonna be real real big uh, villain here for us in the first couple episodes at least. So yeah, I'm we'll see. Very... Maybe it's Zemo being a little puppeteer, sending some people out. Maybe it's I th- else. I think it is. Like knowing Baron Zemo as a character, he's never a frontline guy. No, he like waits. He's like the final boss. So you got to get through. Yes. A he bunch pulls of, the yeah. strings and he sends out his, his goons and then not until you're basically too late, you find out it's Baron Zemo. Exactly. And he's like, my plan has been put together. Yep, and, you know, that's right. Talks in his very elegant, uh, his very elegant um, accent. I'm not sure what that accent is that what's his face has, but all I know is it sounds evil and it sounds really, really suave too. Yeah. Um, and so Torres takes this new information and heads back to his boy Falcon. Says, "Hey." There's some crazy stuff going on. You might want to look into it, which leads us into 
directly almost into our number five moment. Uh, the new cap emerges just as I thought at the beginning of the episode, giving the shield to the government official was not a good idea because what did they do? They rebranded the captain America name and boy, Oh boy. Does it feel like our boy, Anthony Mackie was having a day? Yeah. And to make matters worse, not only did they, you know, do this whole speech of we need a symbol to really unite us in this time. No, but they oh also man. chose like an off brand Steve Rogers to replace him with. I you know, couldn't. He looks like a goon. You couldn't bring out the big bucks and get like, you know, Chris Evans part two. I he <laughs> doesn't even have the juicy biceps that he can pull a helicopter in with. All right. He's got he's got nothing. He doesn't even have a jawline. Like I was no. just like, Jesus, like, who is this? He looks like a chud ridiculous it gives me flashbacks of steve rogers doing the stage show <laughs> just straight up a trying clown. to get the the war bonds yeah like you just walked out and the first words out of my mouth were who the fuck's this clown <laughs> and He's i the dancing monkey yeah we'll never forgive them for off-brand steve rogers now i'm gonna get a little bit uh, political of the current climate. Uh, do you do you think Marvel and Disney have the gall to take this aspect where basically this government official rebrands Captain America, doesn't use um, Sam, but decides to just basically make this off-brand Cap with a white guy? And you're going to use that angle, the factor of like, you know, I, you don't really represent America and doing all that crap. Do you think Disney's going to touch that? I don't think that they are pretty good about not taking a super strong stance like that. Mm -hmm. um, they put out messages all the time. You know, we we support diversity and inclusion and all this other stuff. But I don't know that they're going to come out with an overt message of, you know, we need additional minority representation, and that is why Cap right. should be Sam. Uh, also, I think that would pull people out of the storyline too much mm -hmm. for them to just pause and be like, no, it's got to be Sam because he's black. I think that that would be too abrupt. Yeah, um, I agree. But I am so excited for Captain America to be a black man. <laughs> uh, it has been way too long. And Sam deserves it. Like we said, he, at his core, is all of the makings of Steve Roger plus some. Uh, he's yeah. he's a fantastic character. And I cannot wait to They're see him. They're cut from the same mold. Exactly. Like that's At the base of it all, Like Sam and Steve are cut from the same mold. And they basically just... They're like the same side of the same coin, but different. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that... It doesn't make sense to me. I hope it makes sense to somebody else. But um, <laughs> some honorable mentions that we didn't get to really touch on is I really liked seeing the inside um, spec of Falcon Sam going back and dealing with like his family oriented issues and kind of like flaunting like his newfound stardom as being an Avenger and being Falcon um, because like it was very grounded 
banks denying people for loans to basically save their well-being after a, after a, a you know a very monumental earth-shattering thing happened um, with the blip and all that. You kind of find out that like him and his sister, they they have this boat and this company that his sister wants to basically uh, kind of just get rid of. And Sam, for some reason, is just like holding on to dear life with this company, this boat, the house, and not wanting to get rid of all of it. And I'm really hoping they kind of like go down that line just a little bit. Like, I don't want like a full episode or anything like that, but just give me a little bit more as to like, why is Sam trying to hold on to this so hard? And will those aspects of him like kind of like gripping on and fighting for like what he believes in be kind of like this weird stepping stone or a a slight foreshadowing into how maybe he works his way back to the whole Captain America mantle? Yeah, I hope that one thing I liked about WandaVision is that we did see a little bit more of that background. Uh, Yeah. And so I'm really hoping that we get that with Sam. And I'm hoping, like you said, they tie it in with his kind of circle back to deciding, okay, screw this. If they're going to do an off-brand Captain America, I'm going to take it up. Like, it's my time. So I really, really hope we get some motivation brought in from his family. But yeah, I really hope that we go down this path of exploring his family history and exploring what the tension is there with being unable to easily just get rid of this stuff right let go Um, of the past yeah i know that our family is super sentimental uh for the most part we hold on to a lot of stuff that we can probably just toss but we keep it because memory so i have no idea what you're talking about there's no story about (laughs) this you know 20 plus year grudge with our mother uh about throwing away (laughs) some ghostbuster toys uh that you know are gonna get um, re-released, but I it's I, fine. I will not let her live that down. Never, because yes. I would still to this day have that Kenner Proton Pack. The re-release is gonna say Hasbro. It won't say Kenner. That's true. That's gonna be engraved on her tombstone. It is. It will. It's, I'll, I'll make sure of it. I'll put yeah. that extra fifty down for that en- engravement. Oh, <laughs> uh, but before we end this out, um, I have. We are going to install a new thing for these. Uh, it is going to be the MVP of the episode. And the MVP of the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier is none other than Red Wing. Red Wing is your MVP for episode one of As Falcon and the Winter be. Soldier. All right, the BB 8 of the MCU. Red Wing. Deal with he it. Needs a, he needs his own hot toy. Yeah, one you know to one what? scale. We've got all this spoiler alert, Mandalorian. We've got Grogu. Yep. All this merch. Give me some Red Wing merch. Okay. Give me some Disney. It's double sided. I'm from Detroit. All right. We've got the hockey team. Yep. Love of my life. I need some <laughs> Red Wing merch from the MCU. Disney, get on yep. it. Yep. Yep. They should actually, the, Red, the Detroit Red Wings should change the logo to red wing from the mcu it's close enough just make it, would, it like a new minimalist modern graphic design thing it'll tie in perfect it'd be perfect and yeah we'll get you know little 
They're doing it in the parks already. You can build your own little droid. Let's get yep. a little Red Wing droid out there. Little Only drone. Only at Disneyland. Yeah. In, in Avengers Academy. Yeah, Avengers Campus. When oh, it's is that opening, what they called? I thought it was no Avengers one, yeah. Academy. No, it's Avengers Campus. No one knows when it's opening, but the Spider-Man Web Slingers ride looks very fun. Yeah, it does. It and does I'm really excited. And then, oh, okay, uh, going back to when they were testing the little robot that apparently is going to be like jumping around all the buildings. Yeah, it's weird. It's really weird to me. Like, I'm just like, oh, this is how it all starts. Like, this is essentially a T-800. Yeah. This thing's going to become self-aware, and all of a sudden, little kids are going to start getting their arm broken off. And they're yeah, going to be like, Spider-Man's gonna... gone nuts! You know what it's going to be? It's going to replace the seagulls from Disney World, and it's going <laughs> to swing it down grabbing churros from little kids oh. <laughs> left and right. So That would be pretty know? awesome. Like, you're just sitting there and like, oh, my churro. And then... Spider-Man just... Takes your churro out of your hands. I'd pay. I'd pay money for that experience. I would pay money to see that. I would. Yeah. I would. Sorry, people's kids, but I'm not, sorry, not sorry. No. It's entertainment right there. High-end entertainment. All right. Well, that'll do it for this uh, talk about of episode one of Bucky and the... Of Bucky and... The, Bucky and the Sam. Falcon Bucky. and the Winter Soldier. There you we'll go. We'll get it together. Thank you. Thank you. One of these days. Um, be, be on the lookout. I'll be designing t-shirts. Uh, hashtag Team Bucky. Hashtag Team Sam. So as soon as those get rolling, I'll let you guys know about it. But if you haven't yet, make sure to hit that subscribe button and that like, thumb up thing and the bell for notifications. So you are notified every time that we release a new video here on our YouTube, Facebook, whatever you are watching this on. And if you want to help us out, you can head over to patreon.com slash kapowcast where you can become a monthly kapowcast backer. And next year you'll be able to take place in our March Madness ordeal that we have going on right now through our website at kapowcast.net. Christy, thank you for taking your time out of your day to nerd out about this episode. And I'll see you next week. No problem i'm probably gonna go watch it again because why not all right see you later Bye bye